Hello, everyone. This is the Cyber Pro Podcast. Five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get started. Question number one. Charles, who are you and what do you do? Good afternoon. Uh, I am a cybersecurity professional. I am an advocate for diversity in technology, and I'm also a career coach. In my day job, I am actually the cybersecurity compliance officer with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, where I actually support our center's efforts to secure their data and systems from both outside and insider threats. And outside of work, I also have my own career coaching and consulting business, where I coach individuals who are interested in breaking into the tech and cyber industry, as well as consulting nonprofit organizations on how to develop uh, programs to attract students to the field of cyber and IT. Do you have any free time? Uh, yes, <laughs> Bells, both of those activities keep me busy, as you can imagine, with the cybersecurity landscape. I'm quite busy at work, but then after work is when my passion really kicks in for engaging with a lot of organizations and individuals in my circle who are also passionate about the work of educating youth for the future workforce. And when I'm not doing all those things, I enjoy just vegging out on the sofa watching TV or also uh, traveling and hanging out with friends. That's awesome. We appreciate that. So question number two. What is the best thing about being in cybersecurity? Uh, I will say one of the best things about being in cybersecurity is first, another play on the word job security. Um, there are tons of opportunities out there and it's one of the fields that I've never had to worry about whether or not my job is going to be uh, done away with or, or moved out of the country or any of those things that are happening to a lot of industries. The other thing, great thing, of course, is great compensation. Um, living here in the DC metropolitan area, the cost of living is very high. Um, so having a job that pays a, what, it, what we consider a living wage in the DC area is very important. Um, the other thing I like about the cybersecurity field is the variety of roles that you can work in. Um, I'm in risk and compliance and governance, but you also, of course, have folks who are more on the technical side dealing with intrusion detection systems and incident response. We've got our folks who develop policies and also work on cybersecurity awareness training. So the other thing I like, again, about the field is that you can choose different pathways to go down. And if you get tired of one, you can always switch into another one. But under the umbrella of cybersecurity, you'll always have some sort of gainful employment. Um, and then one thing I just read recently that I was like, ah, I agree with this, is that what I do like about the job is that it actually impacts people's everyday lives. Um, people don't think about cybersecurity until something happens. But to know that even in the role that I'm in, I'm protecting systems uh, for an agency that's looking out for the public's health, particularly during a pandemic or other organizations I've worked in, the federal government, the work that I do every day ensures that the government can continue to provide services to citizens of the United States. But anyone working in cybersecurity is protecting that business's assets and data to ensure that they're able to provide whatever service or products they are to just everyday folks. And when there are issues around cybersecurity, that business or that government organization may not be able to fulfill that, that service or need. So it's important that we are here and doing our job. That's, I, I had shivers. I felt like I should have stood up and saluted back like I was in the military. <laughs> so thank you. That's very, very insightful. Yes. Question number three, the buzzword is cybersecurity is top of mind, but, mm -hmm. but what does that mean to you? It's top of mind to me because before, let's say pre-pandemic, um, we had heard about you know ransomware attacks and passwords being stolen and companies having their data hacked and people really didn't pay it much mind. But the more that we relied on the internet and technology during COVID, we got a chance to see that as those ransomware attacks increased and threats in the cyberspace grew, we realized how important the role of cybersecurity is not only just to um, the government 
or to uh, corporations, but how important it is to everyday individuals, as I just discussed. And when you think about the when industry leaders are talking about the concern around cybersecurity, it's it's now it's not just a, an individual, you know, getting their password stolen. It's also becoming a national economic, you know, security issue um, where we have banks that are being impacted, uh, you know, utility systems. You've seen uh, the recent hacks with SolarWinds where it's impacting all types of companies that do all provide all types of services to both the public and private sector. So with there being that lack of cybersecurity talent that's out there, it's a struggle for companies to recruit and get additional folks into this field to be able to throw it off to throw a lot of these threats. And that has a lot of business and government folks worried right now. Fair point. And I, I think I think you definitely hit it. It's just in the news and people are aware of it more than they were yes. maybe pre-pandemic, so. That's correct. I don't know if they're just watching more news because they're home, <laughs> but I have to admit these have been some very historic uh, breaches of security through, through these or by these organizations in recent months. It's either the news or Tiger King. So I guess we have to take our, 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 our lesser of two evils. So yes, question, yes. question number four. What piece of insight do you want to share with our network of cyber experts? So one that's a sort of a pet peeve of mine for folks who work in cybersecurity, and I deal with this every day in the role of a compliance officer, is really getting folks or other cyber experts to ensure that they understand the business, understand the organization and what that business is doing and how cybersecurity both aids and impedes impedes, excuse me, that business. <laughs> uh, we oftentimes want things to be secure, but we know the most secure system is actually one that's turned off. But in the event, the fact that we can't turn it off and we've got to actually do things with it, we've got to provide that good compromise between the risk and the threats against that system and not just implement something because it's the cool thing to do or implement something because some organization said that it helped them in their environment. Understanding your business and how what we do in how what you do as a cyber professional impacts that is very important because we often talk about, you know, in the federal government or particularly my agency, they're out doing, you know, they're scientists, they're doctors, they're looking at vaccines, they're looking at medical products. Cybersecurity is the last thing on their mind. <laughs> so when you impede that work that they're doing, they consider that a big issue. It's important. This is what we were here for. So I want to make sure their data is secure. I want to make sure that, you know, privacy controls are in place, but you also have to understand how it's impacting what they're doing. So being a partner with them you have by understanding their business, you can tweak and sort of adjust your security controls to make it just safe enough to be able to do what they need to do. Not turn it off and not impede the business, but also make it safe enough that they can actually do their work. And I see that a lot, and not only just in my organizations, but other folks I know that in cyber, that they're very technical. But when you ask them like, so what does your company do? Or how does your company deal with these types of challenges when it relates to the data? They oftentimes don't understand the root of what the business does and how the, the apparatus of cybersecurity and all these tools they're using impact the work um, of that organization. The other thing that I wrote down was, I am really big on educating instead of chastising. We do a really good job of don't do this, don't do that. You know, oh, you were wrong for doing this. So we're gonna give you, you know, we're calling you in or sending you some type of alert because you did this. I often find myself educating my users a lot. So, because once they're educated, you know, you, you know better, you do better. Instead of just telling them don't do something, we explain to them why it's important that they do that, don't do that, but, and why it's important to the business that they do. Going back to my point of understanding the business. So my users love me because I'll give them real world examples of, let's say you're doing X, Y, Z. And they're like, yeah, we do that every day. 
<laughs> and I'm like, and then this happens. How would you feel if, oh, I wouldn't like that? Well, then you don't want to do this. So I often tell cyber professionals, take some time to educate the users, not only just users, folks in your family um, and people around you, because it's a mysterious field. Everyone's excited about cybersecurity and what we do. But at the end of the day, a lot of it's just good best practices, good cyber hygiene, things that you would do anyway if you were protecting a bank, if you were protecting your own home, just steps that you can take that most folks think are mysterious, like how do I keep myself from being hacked? Simple things, change your password, you know? So educating folks in that space, make sure that, you know, they stay secure, but then we also contribute to the overall big picture of cyber hygiene around the country. Thank you, I appreciate your passion, especially around the education piece. Yes. So question number five, here's the fun question. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? That was tough. <laughs> that was a tough one. Uh, but I landed on CDs. I landed on CDs. Um, I love listening to music. I love listening to music. So when we moved from cassette tapes <laughs> to CDs, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in love with music all over again uh, because, of course, of the quality, the portability, not having to worry about the tape being broken or having to rewind with the pencil, if you remember those days. <laughs> um, so being able to take my music with me in a very compact you know, CD case brings back smiles to me because I remember having a CD pack in my car, one at work where I could just kind of pop in the music that I wanted to listen to. So that technology still resonates with me today, although I don't have any CDs. Um, that's one retro that when I think about it, it brings a smile to my face. Well, they've done away with CD players in most new automobiles, so yes, you yes. don't need them anymore, unfortunately. No, no they're, they're long gone, so I, don't have, I still have DVDs lying around, but, and I'm actually, I've lost a use for them because now there's you know, not much DVDs or players around, so those got to go as well. Wonderful. Charles, thank you so much for being on the CyberPro oh, Podcast. My pleasure. This has been exciting. Thank you.